0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Joe Horsemar from Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. Um, In this episode uh, with Todd Nelson, which, by the way, is a great episode. Thank you, Todd, for coming on. Uh, We just wanted to outline the fact that our equipment wasn't quite working properly. Luckily, we still got all the content down, but um, we were not, unfortunately, using the appropriate microphones. Um, We were using the microphone on our computer. So, um, bear with us. Um, we noticed the, uh, the opportunity and, um, we are getting it corrected. So thank you very much for your support. And Todd, thank you again for coming and sharing your content. It was an awesome episode. Uh, we really hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much. You're listening to a podcast made the Johnsonville way. (laughs)
1: Welcome to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. Today hosting the episode is myself, Krista Brazon, with me is...
0: Joe Horstmeyer.
1: Joe, how's it going? Well. It's well.
0: It is going very well. Very well. Good. We're recording on a Friday again.
1: That's always happy.
0: It's fun to do that. Um, What else is happening today? Uh, Covering for my coach. So that's always fun. He's on vacation. Um, Yeah, much deserved little (laughs) PTO action going on there. And uh, how about you? What's what's new with you besides it being cold outside? Oh, man. Yeah.
1: No, nothing new. Just business as usual and Mm,
0: timekeeping. That's good. That's good. You know, we've got someone else in the room, right? We do? Yeah.
1: Why don't you introduce yourself?
0: (laughs) I am Todd Nelson.
1: Hi, Todd. Hey, how are you? We're excited to have you.
0: We're very good. How are
2: you? I'm, I'm wonderful. I am very happy to be here. Good.
0: We're we're excited to have you. And on the table here, I'm gonna try and get some of the stuff up on Instagram. But on the table, we have a whole array of what I'm hoping your topic will be. But we'll get to that.
3: it'd we'll be a little
0: weird
1: that. if it weren't. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> he just brings this stuff
0: with him he goes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. No, no, this is just my stuff. I put it on the table when whenever I sit. down <laughs> with me everywhere. Yeah.
1: Not
2: at all weird. Oh, good. Well,
1: why don't we start with your Johnsonville story? So why don't you give us an idea of when you started, any positions you've held, teams that you're on, things like that.
2: Wonderful. So I started at Johnsonville in August of 2015, and I came here from a company called Shank SC, uh, which is an accounting firm, public accounting firm in Sheboygan.
1: That's right down by the shanties and stuff on the river, right? Yep.
2: It's actually in an old furniture factory down there.
1: There's a culinary school right next to it. Really? It's actually, yeah,
2: it's below us. They always used to set off the fire alarm, (laughs) which was actually kind of annoying. That's
1: great. What a fun little anecdote. Oh, that's great. Yeah.
2: Wow. (laughs) But um, I actually, I I hadn't thought about coming to Johnsonville uh, before that time, but my sister, Lindsay Nelson, or Lindsay Leiter, maybe you guys remember her. She was a project manager here. Um, She has since uh, become a stay-at-home mom, but she had given me a couple of postings and i had been thinking about getting into more of a corporate environment versus public accounting and so i applied for a couple jobs and uh, things worked out so i ended up here in the senior global accountant role Whoa. which is uh, yeah it's pretty um, pretty much your most compliance type role where it's your your standard accounting type of work and I had it was it was kind of nice because it was a really nice transition from what I had been doing to a corporate environment and uh, I worked on the financial statements the monthly financial statements the month end close and um, the which audit is how and I know things. him so, <laughs> when I was yeah, a timekeeper right. I would always yep.
1: email him our month end numbers so yep. wow yep.
2: There you go. yeah there's a connection there uh-huh. yeah. um, so I started out there and I had that role for about a year. And as part of my development plan, I wanted to get into other areas of finance. So a role came open um, in the cost team. And I, I applied for that role and, and uh, luckily got onto the cost team. And that was the uh, well, a Senior Cost Analyst of Ready-to-Eat Products. It was a long name. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in that role, I worked with both, worked with Riverside and Meadowside, Um and coach the uh, the plant uh, cost analysts at those facilities. And uh, actually, when I started out, I didn't have either one of them in the position. So for a long time, I was kind of doing three different roles. And uh, finally, I was able to get some really great people hired for those and um, get down to kind of what I was hired to do, which is- That's always of, nice, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> one of the things that happens around here at yeah. in every company which is really analyzing uh, business results from the operations side of the business and then working with the business units on different product costs and proposals they're gonna make, um, that type of stuff. So it was a little bit higher level um, analysis work and network planning and things like that. So uh, that was my second position and uh, recently I I became a cost manager in the cost area. Whoa, I am. This is a lot. There's a lot going
3: on there.
0: There is, yeah. Holy
3: smokes!
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for your time, though. I mean, this is this is great. Obviously, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that happen that uh, you know allow this company to run. You know, and yours is probably one of those jobs that if you do it right, no one knows you're there, and if you do it wrong, well, everyone (laughs) knows. You know, so
2: yeah, that's probably true. Although I think I'm a bit of a present sometimes. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more than I should be. That's,
0: that's okay. That's all right.
1: Are you on any special teams?
2: Um, I'm not on any of the, any teams yet or, or like the... Best
1: place um, to blood work drive or, anything or anything like that.
2: that, yeah. No, we do have some teams within the finance organization that are more like um, oh, tackling different things that we want to do as a finance team. So I'm on the... Uh, strategic partnership team is what it's called, okay, uh, where we, we focus on how we can be better business partners uh, within Johnsonville. So that's that's pretty much the, the limit of what I've done so far, but I think in the future I probably will want to get into some of that stuff, maybe the United Way or mm-hmm. um, initiatives that we have as a company.
0: That business partner team, that, that seems like something we could probably use everywhere. Right. Um, I mean, we not to say that we don't do a good job, but we do, you know, I think everywhere you just get in your silo. And then you know you're kind of stuck in there and yeah to, to branch out and to learn what other people do and, and work together well and how you what you thing. do
1: affects other people knowing yeah. that is really important or other people that rely on you that you might not realize I think those relationships are important to know about and to foster
3: yeah
2: yeah we had we had kind of started out with a, um, you know customer service type of mindset you know people come to us ask us for things when when they need them and and it'll work that way within finance because we're kind of a support department. Yep, Uh, I shouldn't say kind of, we are. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we've thought about that a lot over the last year and really I think where we want to get to is more partnering and being proactive, bringing things to people's attention that they might not be looking at versus just bringing them something when they ask for it. So that's kind of what we're after with that. That's awesome.
0: Coach, because we care.
2: Exactly.
0: Bada bing, bada boom.
1: Well speaking of this wide array of objects we have on the table, let's transition to your off the clock story. So do you wanna kinda you threw a term out in the email that I can't even remember right now. You collect
2: I collect breuriana.
1: Breweryana, which Breweriana. is,
2: Breweriana kind of say. is, it is <laughs> I have to think of it. I've always had trouble with it. I've been I've been collecting it for years, but Um, It's basically any advertising piece, and it's probably not even limited to that, but I think of it as advertising pieces that were put out by breweries to advertise their beers. But I believe that probably the definition you would find um, amongst collectors is it would also include means to convey that product to the consumer. So like cans and bottles and cases, uh, those types of things I think probably also fall in for Rihanna. I never liked that stuff because I don't think it's it's not necessarily it's not as
1: advertising, sure. it's yeah. just what it comes in. <laughs> it yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to some of the things you have here which were yeah. probably created just for the purpose of hanging in a bar, maybe, right? To or, degree. To a degree. Yeah. Okay. or delivering or delivering yes, a or, drink yeah,
2: to someone. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, sure, sure. They had a dual purpose. Yeah.
1: Okay, so how did this start?
2: Yeah. Uh, well let's let's get down to that. Yeah. So it all started um, <laughs> Great. Well, preface this with the fact that I have a, a bit of a, an addictive personality, which I think started me down this path. Okay. I get really into things, and I have a hard time letting them go. Um, and once in a while, I'll change, I'll change my tune and get interested in something else. But for some reason, this has stuck. Okay. And it started when I was 10 years old. <laughs> wow. So it's been a while now. Um, I was camping with my family in the Chippewa Falls area. And it was a rainy day, so we couldn't really do any of the traditional camping, which was fine by me because I hate camping. <laughs> and um, we ended up going to the Kugels Brewery in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Awesome. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And at the end of the, the brewery tour, we went into the Liney Lodge there, and they had their gift shop. And I, I thought all the stuff in there was kind of cool, but I picked out a beer pitcher. And, um, and purchased that. And that was the first piece of Buriana that I acquired.
1: At 10 years
0: old. 10 years old. <laughs> old. <But laughs> okay. That's fantastic. And I guess, I mean, you can purchase anything from there just as long as it's not... Alcohol. There's no liquid in there, right? Yeah,
3: right.
2: Correct. That's yep. great. <laughs> so from that point, I... Um, Is that piece
0: here anywhere? Is it, It's not. It? No, okay, I no, I'm just making sure. You still have it, though. I do still okay. have awesome. it. Okay. I'll
2: probably keep it because it's... The first piece sure. I have. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have started to try to phase out some of those early pieces because when I started collecting, I um, I collected everything, everything that had a beer name on it. I okay. Would, I would pick up, it. and I had a special focus on on pitchers. But I think that was only probably for a year or so, and then I then I moved on to other things, um, because at the time I didn't really know how widely available. This, these collectibles were hmm. and how how um, prolific of an area of collecting in general this is. I mean, okay. It's really, it sounds kind of strange, but collecting beer advertising is w- probably one of the top collectible types that there are out there.
0: So now is that just in Wisconsin or is that nationwide? Know, right? It's nationwide. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it, is, it is
2: actually a really big thing. Yeah, Sure. Okay. Um, it's one of the top eBay collectibles categories, wow. is Breweriana, if you ever go in there and take a look. That's awesome. Well, it's interesting
1: yeah. because what I, a lot of the things I see on the table here are from Wisconsin. They're from well, beers that are made for in that.
2: Wisconsin. Here okay. we go. Yeah. All right. So, All right. <laughs> so, like any collector, I started out probably with what I could afford and what I could get my hands on. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that ultimately became a pretty giant collection of things. It probably, you know, it was too wide. And so I tried to figure, what, well, what can I collect that would be a little bit more narrow um, so that I, I don't have so much stuff later on? I had like 1,700 signs at one point in time. Wow. So... <laughs> you have a warehouse or what? <laughs> just, I mean, they weren't all big signs. Sure, but sure. just I mean, a lot of... A lot of... People. Whoa. Um, I've sold off a lot of that stuff sure. now over the years. But... So it's a little more manageable than it used to. Uh, than it used to be. But... Um, yeah, I... I I tried to figure out how I could get more narrow in that, and I think I ultimately, I don't know if I went first to Wisconsin or if I went first to Trays. It, it's, it's been a while, so okay. I don't recall, but it was one or the other. It might have been Trays first, and I collected just that area mm-hmm. of Buriana. And then ultimately, I, I had some Trays from other states that I sold off because then I was just going to go to Wisconsin trays. Sure. And within that, I was only going to collect post prohibition trays. Oh,
1: wow, we're getting specific. We are getting specific. And we'll probably
2: touch on that a little more. I was just going to say, I I want to know more about the post and pre. It's a big distinction in the Mariana world. Okay. So, um, great. I went to post prohibition Wisconsin trays. And the reason I did that is because, to my knowledge, no one has ever collected all of the post prohibition Wisconsin beer trays before. So, that became my goal. And I thought it was an attainable goal. Because I don't like setting goals I can't accomplish.
0: Sure. I was going to say, wait a minute, you said thought. <laughs> yeah.
2: I thought that was an attainable goal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I still think it is.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, There's good. There's some
2: pretty tough ones out there sure. that are hard to come by. And and uh, there may even be, I hate to say it, but there might be a tray I'm not even aware of yet. Oh. So that, that scares me a little bit. The but. fact that you're even, you're even down to the level of, I think I know what all of them look like. Is a really big that deal. That
0: does a lot, yeah. You, you know, know I you have mean?
2: all of them up, uh, except for like 10.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's I have hundreds
0: crazy. of them. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, and the other thing, too, is that you're young yet, okay?
2: Relatively speaking. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you have
0: time to catch up here. Oh, I and mean. I plan to. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Wow. So, but that
2: does, I think that kind of leads us into where I am today as yeah. far as collecting because. To that end, I, there was a time when I could go to beer shows um, and things and I could find trays that I didn't have yet. And now that's few and far between. I have sure. to hunt all over the place wow. to try to find stuff that I don't have yet. And, and I have to know who owns them and who I could potentially get them from at some point in time. And all oh, that's a very slow process. So these last 10 are probably going to take me 10 more years.
3: Well.
2: So. But what do I do in the meantime, then, because, you know, I can't be going all over the place and then not buying something that's just not my style. Sure. So I've, I've started to pick up other items um, as well, and i branched off a little bit. So I collect, uh, I still have the, the post-Prohibition Wisconsin trade collection. That's my primary collection. And every collector has a primary collection, generally speaking. Oh, they should. They should. Okay. Yeah. But they're
3: a serious other, and then real. And,
2: and their collecting network will look out for things that will go into their collection their primary oh. collection, and at auctions, you have the courtesy not to bid on something that if it's not part of your primary collection, that someone else has as part of theirs. It's a, it's a, this a is brotherhood phenomenal. of collectors. I didn't realize yeah. there was
0: etiquette. There was collecting oh, etiquette. Oh, there's,
2: there's wow. definitely etiquette. I actually um, I, I had a, a what I would consider to be a, a good um, acquaintance of mine in the collecting world. We were bidding against each other on some trays that both of us really wanted Uh-oh. earlier this year. And, you know, I didn't let that get... Between us or sure, anything like that, sure. but I was disappointed I didn't get them. Course, <laughs> they're still in that ten that I need, but <laughs> um, but ultimately I, I collect not just not just those items. I collect also items from Sheboygan County mm-hmm. breweries. So there's there were a few Sheboygan County breweries. There aren't any left except for now, they've started to pop up again like uh, Three Sheeps and sure. Length, but I don't really consider those to be real historical breweries, so.
1: It's only been around for about, what, 10 years? Three sheeps? Maybe not even. I don't even know if it's now.
2: Probably close.
0: So what is, okay, so post-prohibition is then to literally today, or is it, is there a certain cutoff?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think amongst today's collectors, and I'm probably young in that group, but most of them will go up to, I would say about 1970
0: okay all right that's
2: probably where their interest in the items kind of falls off okay so you'll see beer signs from the 70s from the 80s from the 90s that stuff doesn't attract much attention from collectors
0: yep
2: yep or not not serious collectors
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, that's more rec room stuff but the stuff that that we're interested in is is stuff from the smaller brewing companies that no longer exist that was put out at a time when these were really high quality items and it's amazing the quality of some of the things that they put out just for advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, And that really, I think, brings us into the distinction between post-prohibition and pre-prohibition. Okay. Is I prefer early post-prohibition items um, because pre-prohibition was a little more ornate. It's almost too ornate for what I like. Uh, but pre-prohibition items are really high quality in a lot of cases. There's some signs that they used to put outside on, on the corners of of bars they call them corner signs and there's different styles of them but the the ones that i like the best it's a, a convex piece of glass okay that is painted on the backside and has gold leaf in it that has a brewery's name and then it has generally a copper frame on it and a wooden back
3: wow. and
2: those on the low end are probably 2000 to 2500 and on the high end you could be talking 30 grand for one of those whoa But those were all hand handmade signs sure and it was it was just little breweries that were making of breweries that produced You know 10,000 barrels of beer a year. Yeah, are spending that kind of money on their advertising at that time it, it really is interesting to me that they would dedicate that big of a portion of their budget to it
0: That's amazing. I and to when you said post and pre-prohibition um, say that ten times fast. But um, they, I right away, my brain was like, "Ooh, pre-prohibition must have been really neat because you know it's it's further in history mm-hmm. and there's probably not as much of it left and stuff." But it's obviously probably not as attainable, you know, and and also you probably have to have some deep pockets to get to it.
2: You have to have really deep pockets okay. for it. I, I have not. It, so part of it is when, when you say not as attainable. That's the reason why I haven't gotten into it to okay. a large degree, um, is because. I just don't think I can get all the beer trays. Sure. There's a lot of them out there that are pre-prohibition where there's one left in existence. Oh, my goodness. And Or you know, there, there's only one known is wow. what they'll say generally at auctions when they come up. And if somebody gets it, they're going to hold on to it for likely the rest of their life. So oh, how yeah. am I ever going to get that out of their sure, hands? Sure, sure. So again, it comes back to being, like you said, not attainable to get all of it. Mm-hmm. But. I think I'm gonna have to go down that path at some point. I a <laughs> <lot of> stuff, <laughs> and I've already started. Quite well, honestly, well, you only have ten left, yeah. so I've got I mean. two pre-prohibition trays here on the table um, today, but really, generally, I don't have too many of those in my collection. Okay, well, and first,
0: I just have to say, uh, I'm from Random
2: Lake. And I'm
0: seeing you've got a young beer. It's probably the first time you've seen this. Oh, definitely. I mean, I've seen other young paraphernalia (laughs) around because we do have a historical society and things like that. But I've not seen one of those.
2: So this tray, this particular one, Uh um, it's green and and gold, and it's a rectangular beer tray. This is probably one of the earlier rectangular trays because this is actually not a pre-pro or post-pro tray. This is a Prohibition. Uh, Shut tray. up. Because you'll notice it says, Drink the Best Young's Beverages, Random Lake, Wisconsin. And beverages is because of the fact that it, at that time they weren't making beer. They were actually making soda okay. during Prohibition.
0: Was that, that wasn't jolly good at that time, was it? No.
2: Okay, no. yeah. They were no, it's in a different building. On, I don't remember what street it is. Sure. building. hmm yep. But, yeah. So this one, this tray is actually... Uh, if, if I've ever gotten a bad deal on a tray, it was probably this one.
0: Really? Yeah,
2: it was the first time I'd ever seen it. <laughs> and um, a gentleman who's a very serious collector that's been collecting, I think, since 1972 had this one. And he has probably the biggest collection of young memorabilia that's okay. out there.
0: Is he, where is he from? Kewaskam.
2: Okay. Yep. Huh. His name is Rich Yar. And he had it. And I, um, I had gone to a, a garage sale, oh, I don't know, two months prior and I had picked up a box that had 50 calendars from old Sheboygan businesses from like 1900. None of them used. Okay. And oh. I knew I could never, I, I didn't know what to do with them. I was either gonna donate them to the historical society or trying mm. to figure it out how it would sell them.
0: I was gonna say still in the wrapper, but I'm sure they didn't have wrappers uh, right. back <laughs> <Right>. then. <laughs> <laughs> they have,
2: there were some neat ones. I kept a couple of them because there were some liquor dealer ones in there and okay. stuff. But the rest of them, I traded to him for this. And those are probably, those were probably worth like thirty five hundred dollars. Oh, so, really? you know that was. You find I that out the after the fact. Well, I, I, mean, I yes, it was. It was after the fact, but I'm still happy I got it because yeah. that's the only time I've seen one for sale. So, you know, had I not gotten it at that time, mm-hmm. um, I probably still wouldn't have one in my collection because I wouldn't be able to attain one. So. Sure.
1: So, do you primarily find this stuff online? Um, through I mean, your network. Just looking at auctions. the stuff we've got on the table
2: here, actually. The only, I think only one of these was purchased online. So really, that's an interesting question. Um, Because
1: I see this stuff at antique stores, thrift stores, Uh garage sales, I mean, all the time. And I'm thinking there could be just gold sitting everywhere that you don't know it because it's not advertised anywhere.
2: Yeah. I think that's less and less. Okay. I haven't I think early on when I was collecting I could find some trays at garage sales and things like that. But I have never I don't think I've ever found like a diamond in the rough really. Mm. Because a lot of these things at this point in time with all the the popularity of like American pickers and stuff, people are starting to get to know what things are worth. Oh sure. Mm. And they're just there there aren't a lot of unfound items that were sitting in your great grandma's basement anymore or anything yeah. like that. So those picks are pretty rare. most of the time when I find things I am getting them once in a while online on eBay or on another auction site online. Um, but live auctions are probably the, the oh. biggest place where I would get okay. them.
3: Hmm. That
2: makes um, sense. And beer collector shows. That's, okay. that's another, and, and th- when I started collecting, I didn't know anything about that either. Yeah, but yeah. One day I was in Madison, um, and I think I was actually in college before I realized that they had these. And there was a sign for a beer, show and uh, we stopped there in between drinking and um, we were <laughs> like I mean, guys no like, really yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like that you know? and uh, I got in there and I was like wow look at all this stuff where did all this come from and that's mm-hmm. where I, I realized the importance of networking with other collectors and and what they have basically is you know collectors will bring their things to these shows set up a table and then they'll trade or sell between yeah. each other and to the, the general public. So that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. And then some of it comes just through uh, making connections with people and then, you know, eventually you'll get it. But uh, the unfortunate thing is with a lot of this rare stuff is it, I hate to say it, but somebody almost has to die before you can get it. That's, that's... And then it comes up for auction. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, this piece is one that I, I recently got when a collector passed away. Uh, there was an auction, a large auction and, and that one showed up. So yeah, how about you break
0: down what, um, what these you know what what's on the because the listeners obviously can't see them, yeah, but um, yeah. so we'll
1: post pictures on the board. we will.
0: But what what trays are here and what's the significance behind them?
2: Sure, let me pick one up. Sure, sure. Talk about it.
0: Yeah, go for it.
2: So the first one I have here, and I'll pass this over to you guys so kay. you can look at it. This is a Schlitz Brewing Company tray, and this is from the 1890s. That looks used. This is pretty used. And still yeah. shiny, though. It's really not bad. This is nickel-plated steel. Um, <laughs> and that was like the earliest form of a beer tray From the 1800s, huh? Yep, from the 1890s. So they stamped the steel, and then they nickel-plate it. And that one, I actually picked that up fairly recently. Uh, again, remember, I didn't collect post-prohibition or pre-prohibition yeah. items, and uh, now I've gotten into it a little bit. So
0: that's a Schlitz... And it was made that that tray. At least it says it was made in New York. Yes, that, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. yeah, and they would stamp that, and then um, and then they would they would dip it in nickel, and that's how they would get that the shiny look to it. It's got a beautiful globe on yeah.
1: it. <laughs> still th- I'm someone who's fascinated by old things. Well, yeah, I'm holding I, something in my hand that's been around since the late eighteen hundreds. That
0: so blows my mind. I I love history, and this is. I'm I'm like a kid in a candy store right now with all this stuff. So yeah, so okay. that
2: that was this is the earliest for our beer tray before they lithographed beer trays, and they they made trays like this out of copper, and they made some out of brass, uh, and those are actually pretty hard to find. The is... one you're pointing at is not brass. Okay, okay. all right. <laughs> it looks copper actually. It, it, it has that appearance to it. Okay, and that one's a little bit later. We'll get to that one. In okay, <laughs> all right. So this Are one, we going in chronological order? Or? We are. Oh, okay, fantastic. Okay. In chronological order All right. Now. So now I'm holding um, one of my favorite trays, even though it's not in the best of condition. Find another one.
0: Well, it looks great.
2: Yeah. Um, this is a Plymouth Brewing and Malting Company tray, and this is from 1916. So this is another pre prohibition item, <laughs> and this is what we call a stock tray. Okay. And this is part of the reason why I don't like pre prohibition trays, because I think they're kind of boring. But for Plymouth, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> There's a beautiful looking, what is that, an elk? Yeah, it's an elk. Beautiful. Yes. Okay. It's, a, it's an elf, elk lithograph in the middle. So what they did wow. is after the age of the stamped beer trays, which only lasted about five to 10 years, mm-hmm. um, they figured out in Coshocton, Ohio, how to lithograph tin and because they couldn't get it right because a traditional lithograph, they have to put the pattern on a stone and then put the ink on the stone and then they would put it on paper and that would work, but it didn't work for tin because it wasn't absorbent. So then they figured out they could do it with a rubber pad. And so that once they got that down, they could start mass producing lithograph tin. Mm. and get different colors on there and things like that. So this is a, an early lithograph tin tray, and it's, it's a stock tray. So what they would do in Coshocton in, uh, is they would produce a whole bunch of trays like this. They would run this on a big production line. And then they would customize the trays, and they would put on the brewery insignia around the edge, typically. And some of them are actually even more customized to where there'll be like three bottles in a hand in some, some guy's hand in the middle of the tray, and they will actually print the labels of the brewing company on those individual bottles. Oh, those are Those are pretty neat, too. Okay. So that's what this is. and So you could find this same tray seemingly amongst probably hundreds of brewing companies across okay. the United States. Um, but this particular one was made for Plymouth.
1: So there's probably some person out there who wants to collect each one from each of those companies. That,
2: that would be a task. No, <laughs> yeah. But there could be, yeah. And I've and once in a while you'll find one that's just the stock tray that has no brewery insignia on it. So oh. those are kind of interesting too. Okay, cool. So then we talked about this young tray here mm-hmm. that was Prohibition, so that would be next, um, is that we'd have, there are some Prohibition trays. I have one that was Blatt's, um, which is Blatt's Old Heidelberg Brew. Again, and that was, when they say brew on a beer, it'll look like a beer and everything, but it has less than 1% alcohol, okay. which was still legal to make during Prohibition. So they, the breweries would make everything from um, cheese, Pabst made cheese, actually in Plymouth, um, Whoa. at Pabstet Corporation, uh, Blatt's made gum, uh, Young made soda. Interesting. They, a lot of them made soda. A lot of them made what's called malt syrup, which could then be purchased by people to do home brewing during Prohibition. Okay. So. Or malt tonic, which was more of a prescription alcohol
3: that people could get during that time.
2: <laughs> so yeah.
1: it's yeah. like they made lemonade out of lemons. You know, yeah. they found yeah. other ways to, right. to make money during.
0: Production. So yeah, i was just going though. Do oh, you yeah. do you know? Did any of these brewing companies kind of you know on the side? Maybe, oh no. blue I blue haven't blue blue.
2: heard any stories. Like okay. That. so I mean I think that would be a pretty dicey. Oh, uh, like I'm great sure. Yeah. yeah. Just saying. Really? Well, totally. That's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had uh, <laughs> the, the most prolific one around here is probably Jack Anton, who lived in Plymouth. Um, but yeah, that. They they had to get pretty in, inventive during prohibition oh, sure. to stay in business, and ultimately, as you might guess, a lot of them went under during that time. Yeah, uh, which was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But that, and then really um, coming out of prohibition, they came out of the gate, and then it became a race to become who who could be the biggest. Sure. Before that, they didn't have enough automation to really to make that happen, where they could produce. Um, you know, Pabst and Schlitz and some of the bigger Milwaukee breweries were kind of ahead of the game, but it, they didn't put much pressure on the local breweries and that really started to uh, ramp up after Prohibition when they kind of went big and the, the small guys couldn't compete anymore. Um, but the next tray we have here is probably the High Life. this Miller High Life Classic. tray. Okay. And I had to bring this one in because my wife wanted me to bring a pretty one in. It is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's actually so it's gorgeous. vibrant. Yeah. yeah. And a, you see you know,
1: that around there's I know there's a silo somewhere between here and like Cedarburg maybe or Port sure. Washington mm-hmm. that has that it's an old faded but it's oh, the neat. woman sitting on the moon. Yeah, is really that on, cool. I think it's on
2: LL. I think
0: it is. Yeah, yeah I really have to cool. look for that. I haven't
2: mm-hmm. seen that before, but yeah, you know, this is the earliest of of the girl on the moon trays. Really? So what year is it from? This would be right around the end of Prohibition, 33, and what I've heard about this particular tray is they actually produced this before Prohibition, at the very end, like 1919, 1920, and also after, so right away in 1933, they just picked up again with this and made it for a little while, but I'm not sure whether this one is from before or after Prohibition, but... Um, it's a very vibrant tray, and obviously, you could see Miller probably had a little bit more money in their advertising yeah. <laughs> budget because um, they had multiple colors in their lithographs, and every time they had to, they had to put a different color on there, it cost more money. So,
0: Honestly, that reminds me of Christmas. I don't know. It's so vibrant. Well, I though, think that's why It's, it's bright, because yeah. it is it's bright. So, I mean, what is great. this from? About uh,
1: about
2: 1933. Yeah. So that's say.
1: incredibly like vibrant and.
2: This one's know? in pretty good shape for yeah, that age. Really I, I I do go after condition, but some of these it's. It's hard when they're very rare trays to sure. be able to find them in great condition. I was and where lucky did to get you this one? Where did you get that one from? This came from um, a, a brewery or a beer show in uh, Milwaukee and I probably bought, picked this up three, four years ago. okay um, at that at that one. It's not a terribly uncommon tree. It's uncommon to find it in this good of condition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have, like I said, this is the first of this particular tray trying to think of how many of these I have that have the Girl on the Moon on them. There are a ton of different variants of this. I probably have 10 or 15 trays that have um, this image on them. All of them have some little irregularity to okay. them that, that caused me to collect each one of them.
0: Sure. Now, did I see a couple, um, are these cup?
2: Uh, it looks that way. Yeah, oh, 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 right. I wonder it, what those are. I think that's from uh, Beer Bottles. Okay, oh, yeah.
0: all
1: right. Yeah. So I just found a, an article Gladys Schmidt from Cedar Community modeled as the Miller High Life girl in the moon. And oh, this is Gladys. out of West Bend. And wow. um, she's holding a picture of herself actually modeling with the moon. But I, I, I was <laughs> talking about this before. I am quite certain that we know somebody who this is their grandmother who modeled for wow. this photo. So I'm going to have to ask my husband because I think he knows who this is. And we'll have to add it in the blog because that's kind of an interesting connection. Yeah, yes, we, we
0: will. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So I have a I have a question about collecting. You said that you you and this acquaintance of yours both wanted a couple of uh, what do you call them? Trays. I was gonna say plates. Trays. Have you mapped and that that are in that ten that you need? So if you ever let's say you, (laughs) you ever ran across anything like this again, would you buy an extra one? In the hopes that you could trade it for one that you yes. needed. Okay. Yes. Look at that. There so are cases. There's, stra- there's got to be strategy
2: yeah. in here. <laughs> if that person is not there. You will buy something knowing that you know they that want you, it. Yes. Yeah. And then because that's sometimes that's the only way to get something that they would typically not release out of their collection into your collection. Wow. And I think I mean I think we have a good enough relationship that if that those trades are ever sold, that he's going to come to me first anyhow. But um, that that's strategy that people use definitely. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Just curious.
0: Just put it in her memory bank
2: for you yeah. know, when well, she's I was competing I was thinking, with you.
1: we the same one. Okay. Well, if I saw one, I would totally, like, you know, hoard it and be like, all right, you want that? Then you got to, you know. Right. And right.
2: We actually, we, we both were bidding on this particular Binzel tray from Oconomowoc as well. Um, and I ended up being the victor in that one. And, uh-huh. and that one probably made me the happiest because I've wanted this one for a long time. Most people don't even know this one exists. Um, it's not a very interesting tray, it's kind of an ugly color scheme. But I think it's, it's kinda of cool though. Yeah. So,
1: it's yeah. very ketchup and
2: mustard. Is that <laughs> is that the one is that the one that's next in the this would be next. Yeah, oh, okay. This this is so, yeah, it's... this is a late nineteen thirties, early 1940s. Uh, this one was this one was made in the late thirties, but they kept the style in the uh, in the early nineteen forties as well. And this is a twelve inch uh, straight sided tray. Uh, Very heavy-duty trays, these were. And these were made by a company called American Artworks in Coshocton, Ohio. Okay. Um, And they they tend to hold up fairly well um, over time. Uh, This particular one, though, the only one I had seen prior to seeing this one was one that had rust spots all over it. And um, was in terrible condition and that one had sold for seven hundred something. Oh my gosh. So I was yeah. happy to find this one which is almost in mint condition.
0: Yeah. Well and that's just I'm looking at it. this and we mm-hmm. haven't gone through all of them yet, but ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, this collection I don't know much about, it, but I would suspect rust on a lot of these. And really all of these are looking great. Yeah. They really are. I'm really excited to, to post these to be kind of
1: tragic actually if you get to a plate like let's say you just ran into something in an antique store and it was just in horrible condition does your heart kind of sink a little like
2: a, a oh, little. imagine yeah. what
1: that would look like if they had taken care of it or if someone had known what it would be worth you know yeah yeah
2: that that's the thing you know at that point in time they didn't care you know the other thing that has is detrimental to beer trays or was detrimental to them and is part of the reason why those that are older than the 1940s are really rare um, if you guys think about this, you could probably guess why, is World War II. The war, yeah. So in World War II, we lost a lot of beer trays because they they gave them for scrap drives. Yeah, actually, I was going to say. And actually, the pre-prohibition ones went through two scrap drives.
0: So, wow. Or the
2: early, real early ones, they went through World War One as well. Yeah. So Wow. Um, <laughs> that's why, it, you know, these were not highly valued at that point in well, time. Well, of course, It wasn't yeah. something was they ever thought mm-hmm. about collecting. So. Yeah, they had some adversity to make it this long through time, but wow. I'm, I'm going to keep them safe now. I would
0: say, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what's next then in the... I think wow. the next one is this one. And this is uh, what's called a 14-inch... Oh, Be careful. I'm <laughs> dropping things here. Uh, 14-inch aluminum pie plate tray. is what collectors call these. It totally
0: looks like a pie plate. It looks like a pie
2: plate. I'm sorry, not pie plate, pizza plate. I'm getting my own terminology. It's a pizza plate. (laughs) This is a pizza plate tray. This one's a pie plate tray with a rounded edge. But um, this is a pizza plate tray. Get it right. (laughs) These were manufactured in uh, Kewanee, Wisconsin. And there's really not that many of them out for Wisconsin trays. I know of five different ones. I have four of the five. And this one um, is for Effinger Beer. Which was made in Baraboo, Wisconsin. An interesting fact about Effinger is, if anybody knows Luke Wasik here at Johnsonville, um, I know the name, he's the controller here, his wife is actually a descendant of the Effinger family. <laughs> of course, so, yeah. <laughs> so, have
1: you tried to tap them for some? Uh...
2: No, actually, he had asked me one time about uh, being able to find some Effinger things, and generally speaking, they're pretty expensive. Sure. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. they might be more than a casual interest. Want uh-huh. to, to pay for them? Wow. That's yeah these awesome. are pretty cool i like these a lot there's one
1: it has such a different look than everything yeah else. Really yeah does. they're
2: kind of plain uh, pretty durable though so a lot of them you don't find are really beat up or anything like that some of them lose their shine a little bit but mm-hmm. they they generally made it through history fairly well by sure. the lithograph trays wow the next one is oddly enough one of my favorites even though it's kind of hard that to read really and cool. it's, it's um it's kind of plain this one advertises Pioneer Beer, which was brewed in Theresa, Wisconsin. Anyone Never even Theressa heard of it. it nope. it's over by Mike Mayville, south okay. of Fond du Lac. Okay, now 41. we're getting to yep.
1: some.
2: Um, this was like the smallest brewery in Wisconsin when it closed in 1961. Pioneer um, Beer. It's really a small building. I don't, I don't know what to compare it to. Maybe the size of like, the member store. Oh, really? <laughs> holy <laughs> smokes! Wow. And they've it's got right. probably a little bigger than that. But and I they've know. got a, a tray. Yeah, that's they had really a tray, cool. Yeah, and, and because the, the, as you would imagine, the advertising is very limited from that company sure. because it, it was so small. Um, so I'm lucky enough to have this tray, which again is, is a very rare tray. And this one says compliments of Krause Distributing Company, which was the exclusive distributor of that. There's another one that says compliments of G. Weber Brewing Company that I have yet to acquire. <laughs> But I know where to find it. Yeah, this is probably one of the only ones. It yeah, it's I've, I've seen I think one other one for Krause and a couple of the Weber ones, but it, it's really hard to find. And this was just kind of a homegrown advertising effort. This was made by the this tray was made by the West Bend company in, in nearby West Bend. So okay. I think they just contacted him and said, Do you have some extra yeah. extra trays we could print our name on? And, uh-huh. and that's probably how it is. You know, a lot of this stuff wasn't It wasn't big production runs. There's, you know, there may be at the time were a hundred of them or so made or something like that, and and only a few survived.
1: What is it made of?
2: This is made out of aluminum. Okay. And then it's got some some sort of a coating on it to make it. Just it just has
1: like a brass. It's it's weird. Copper sometimes, look it to copper, sometimes it looks it. copper.
2: Sometimes it looks pink. It's yeah. yeah. It's a strange looking tray, but I like it. After I'm sitting here getting excited for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Holy cow, man! Maybe you, someone you know.
1: listening to this episode okay. knows where he can score some of these. you, well, know. you know there
2: actually is oh, maybe. So, really? Yeah. That's one thing. I want to call someone out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to call out everyone that, that works at the Watertown plant. <laughs> Here we go. Listen up. If you recall what we were talking about before, the one tray that I could not get um, at that auction was uh, from the Hardig Brewing Company in Watertown, Wisconsin. It's a blue rectangular tray, 13 by 10, and it says Hardig's Select Beer on it. So if anybody in Watertown knows of one of those, I will pay whatever you want for it. <laughs> Wow, you heard it here. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And, and you know, the interesting thing about Harding is that our old Watertown plant down on the river was a portion of that was the ice house for the Harding Brewing Company. You
0: going say, don't, don't you tell me it was part of the brewery. Or it was. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. It's, it's
2: being demolished, as sure, we speak, sure. but... Uh,
1: what an interesting connection though. It is an wow. interesting
2: connection. Yeah. That was, uh, it was really a large brewery at the time.
0: That is so cool. Yeah. Oh, Very cool.
2: So that's that's the trays that I have here. Yeah. I do have a couple other items that we can look at quickly. Yeah, yeah. This item, this is a this doesn't look like much. I mean, right. it's a nice, pretty little china plate. Mm-hmm. But on the back side, if you flip it around, you can see I'm in gold too. lettering, mm-hmm. Butch Brewing Company, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Wow. There we go. Yeah. So I, I have a number. Of, I have a number of these trays, or I'm sorry, not trays, uh, plates okay. that were made by uh, Lamon's China Company. And uh, they, they printed Gutch Brewing on the back of that. There's a lot more variations. There's probably 15 or 20 different ones. So what year is that one
0: from? This about?
2: is this is earlier. This is probably, if I were to guess, I would say this is around 1910. Gutch went out of business in 1920. Okay. okay. Uh, I shouldn't say went out of business, but it was no longer Gutch Brewing Company and became Gutch Products Company mm-hmm. during Prohibition. Um, then when they came out of Prohibition, it became Kingsbury Brewing Company, which you may be familiar with, in Sheboygan.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and that was, they merged with Mantwak Products Company, which prior to that had been Blazer Brewing Company. So it was kind of a conglomerate at that time. But yeah, Gutch only lasted until 1920, so anything Gutch would be, is fairly early. Huh. Um, there's another Sheboygan item here that I actually brought all this stuff yeah, in I'm, here. Yeah, the
1: crate.
0: A yeah, we have crates. a wooden
2: crate here that advertises the Sheboygan Brewing Company of Sheboygan, Wisconsin.
0: Fantastic. doesn't
2: sound very jazzy, but the interesting thing about this is that that brewing company was only in business for one year. Oh, really? So that wow. is a rare crate. That's Whoa. the only time I've seen one is when I saw that one, so I had to buy it. And what years was that? At 1933 to 1934. That was the <laughs> K. Schreier Brewing Company.
0: This is awesome.
2: In Sheboygan, <laughs> um, which operated up until Prohibition. Um and then it became Schreyer Malting later on, or Cargo Malting in Sheboygan. But right after Prohibition ended, they became the Sheboygan Brewing Company, uh, just for one year before they decided they were just going to stick with the malting business.
3: Okay.
2: Uh, I have another really interesting piece at home. I wasn't able to bring it from the Sheboygan Brewing Company. I had the glass, the plate glass window out of the front door <laughs> of that brewery. That was all, you know. So that's that's a rare one too because it was only around for one year. So wow. where did you
1: find both of those pieces? This
2: piece actually I got from a gentleman that found it in a lady's barn. Um, And he actually fell through the floor when he was looking for it. So I try not to get out in the field and and do that kind of dirty work to get the stuff. I mean, I would if I had to, but luckily he did it for me. So that that one came from a barn that had just been sitting in there. I think they hadn't gone to the barn for 50 years or something like that. And then the plate glass window, actually, that one uh, came from a, a guy out on the East Coast, who buys collections it was originally owned by a gentleman in mequon and then when he passed away his collection was purchased by a gentleman named dan moran out on the west on think the about where this thing has gone i know, and you know? then know uh, and then i was i purchased it from from him. Back to Sheboygan. Back to Sheboygan, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, with, with not much else here on the table, I just brought a, a couple glasses just to represent that, you know, I, it's not just trays for me anymore. Sure, I, sure. We'll pick up glasses too. So there's a gutch etched glass there from Sheboygan and a, a later one here. This is a what we call a sham glass. Okay. And it's a six to seven ounce beer glass, a tapper glass. Call that it a grandma glass. <laughs> Because yeah, that's glass. what my
1: grandma would drink beer out of, is like juice glasses, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so a tiny little beer glass. Huh.
2: Those are kind of neat, because you can find a lot of those around, so they make for neat advertising. Mm-hmm.
1: So I wrote down the three barns, because you mentioned the barn before, that made me think of this again. Have you been to the three barns? In Shreveport? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Because sure. I have
1: seen quite a few things. You know what they have there that I was going to bring up? No. is a old display cooler. It's a Johnsonville, like an old really? vintage Johnsonville, like a cooler that you would probably see at an end cap or, you know, at the end of, like, the freezer section. Sure, in the sure. Store. It's an, yeah, I took a picture of it once a long time ago when I was there, and I was like, I wonder if Ralph knows this is here. How
2: vintage are we talking? Like,
1: I mean, it's like an old... I, I, I couldn't tell you, um, but I'm-, I'm Was pretty it made sure out of like metal? A really old logo, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's made out of really? metal, and I'm pretty sure it has, like, a really old logo on it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I should go
2: look at that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Where is Three cool. bars. It's, it's on Highway Y in Chicago. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah, one is kind of on the corner, and then you have to go up the road to the other barn. It's only two but...
2: barns now. He sold one of the oh, barns.
1: <laughs> but this guy has just What's... stuff stacked on top of each other. It's a, he can charge a pretty penny for things, so yeah. I think he knows his stuff. But I know I've seen a was lot of no. I know I've seen a lot of. Was the cooler for sale? Yeah, it was. It was there. Everything there is for sale. Shut up! You yeah. have to check this place. Yeah, yeah, out. It is it's probably gone by now. I don't, know. I, don't know. I, don't know. I don't know. I've, I've been, been there several times. It's in the barn that's closest to his house. Let's just okay. It that way. All right.
0: That yeah. might yeah. be a cool yeah. thing to get into, Johnsonville. Collecting yeah. memorabilia. Yeah. Wait, what would it be called? Oh, I don't John know. Something like that. We're coming up with it right now, ladies and gentlemen. We're coming up with it right now.
2: So, what's
1: your holy grail?
2: Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, that that Harding train from Watertown would be one of them. Okay. But there's another one out there that I, I kick myself because I don't really kick myself that hard though because I was in college the last time I saw one. And I think at that time it was uh, it was seven or $800 for that tray at that point in time. So when I was in college, I wasn't spending that kind of money on trays. Um, Understandably uh, so. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what's it's You're called... spending that on beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah on different beer things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cream top beer. Is what it was called. It was made in Whitewater, Wisconsin. Okay, so that's one that I'm looking for. It's a it's Party kind of College a of teal Wisconsin. aqua color with um, red lettering, if I remember correctly. Okay, remember cream, that, Joe? If you cream, ever come across it, a teal cream top, cream top, top. and it's a teal. And a yeah. teal. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right, I'm with you. I have to Google this. <laughs> Yeah, so if anybody out there has got one of those, yeah. I doubt it, but... Um, Is, wow.
1: Has there been anything that you sold and then you learned later? Oh, crap, I should have held on to that one. Oh,
2: that's that's interesting. I don't sell many things. Okay. So I don't think so. Uh, well, Even I've, stuff
1: maybe you had when you were younger and you kind of phased it out and learned, mm, like those calendars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the calendars would be one. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: not that I ever really collected those. I, it was just, you know, I got a, bad, I got a rough deal on that. But um, I, I don't think I have too much... Uh, regret about, about collecting, nice. which is nice. Yeah, I I almost stopped collecting beer trays at one point. <laughs> I know, that's, I was expecting that reaction. I think it was it was uh, five to ten years ago. Actually, I thought, boy, is it worth it anymore? And I thought, should I sell them all off and you know buy a house or something like that? Right, but, which is uh, crazy. You could probably. Wait, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> you just said that in the same sentence. That's amazing. That yeah. is amazing. That is great. Yeah, but I, I and unfortunately at that time I passed up buying one that's still on that list of 10 because uh, I thought, oh, well, it's not worth that much to me. I'm probably going to stop collecting. Oh. And that obviously has not happened. It's only Clearly. accelerated. Hey, yeah. it's the thrill of the chase though, right? It is. I, you know, it really is because it, the exciting thing is hunting them down and finding them. And then it's kind of like, all right, now I need the next one. Sure. Uh-huh. Where
1: do you keep all of this? <laughs>
2: yeah. <do> well, you, <laughs> what is your, are you married? I am married. What yeah. does your wife think about it? She, uh, <laughs> I don't know i mean i think she likes seeing me happy like like any good wife would Uh (laughs) and um, she enjoys it in that manner but i most of them are quite honestly it's a little embarrassing they're they're in drawers wrapped up right now um but when i live with my because i started when i was 10 Mm -hmm. i was acquiring things when i still lived at home yeah and there are a number of them probably 75 at least maybe more than that maybe more like 100. That are still in my, at my parents' house, wow. still on the wall, in my old bedroom. <laughs> oh, wow. Because, and, and I actually, uh, I super glued magnets to the wall is how <laughs> I came to hang. Oh, so right, because they're I have metals, a feeling we are so... going to want to take those down. Oh, no. oh what
1: a nightmare that
2: would yeah, be. I'll, I'll fix it. <laughs> yeah. Mom, you know, Dad, I got it. I'll yeah. fix it, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that, there's a fair amount of them there, too. So I've they, got stuff stashed all over the place.
0: That's awesome. I'm really happy that we were able to sit down with you and, and allow you to you know explain this. This is one of our longer episodes, but rightfully so. I mean, there's I didn't realize there was that
1: much. Well, there's so much history behind it, and it, so many of these things correlate to things that were going on in right. history. That's oh, yeah. so interesting that you never yeah. think about when you look at a beer
2: tray. I
0: mean, yeah. well nowadays they don't even really are there beer trays. They still make them. Plastic. They're not
2: a very, well, they make metal <laughs> ones, but they're not a very high gauge steel. Okay. They're yeah. just not a real quality. They're more just you know, here's a beer tray. They don't have any use. You couldn't use them really to hold drinks effectively. And well, yeah. Who,
0: who, who do you know? I mean, besides just a regular bar tray, plastic tray you know, a bar. Like, yeah. Who's delivering a?
2: Did they actually use these to deliver? They did. Oh, okay. Yeah, early right. on. I, so there's there's three different sizes of t- beer trays, which I didn't touch on before, and I'll make it quick. Yeah. Um. There's there's trays like we have on the table here, which are generally 13 inches or 12 inches. Then there's four inch trays, which are called tip trays and those are actually really collectible and, and ungodly expensive. Oh, I can only, I can't even yeah.
1: picture that.
2: Yeah, they, I mean, they use them as coasters too. They're about, yeah, you know, four inch round is what they are generally. Okay. Um, there's a gutch one that recently sold that I bid on, didn't get it, but um, it was you know, $450. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you see the disappointment on his face. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> really <laughs> intense right now. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, I might, have, I might have been willing to pay more had I known it was. Oh. Wasn't gonna win, but um, there's those, and then there's also what's called a charger. And the chargers were really more like signs, but those were 24-inch beer trays wow. that, that were generally used to hang on the wall. And I think some some of these they would they would put them up on the back bar, and um, and they would display them, you know, because they are pretty pretty nice to look at. What an interesting thing about that aspect of them is, kind of in the middle of the century, you know, a company goes through all this expense to put out these beer trays and have their logo. On the beer tray, mm-hmm. well, some some uh, really smart person in an advertising firm at one of the breweries decided that they could make a cork tray liner with their brewery name on it, and they could hand those out, and oh. they would use them on the inside of trays that might not even be branded with their product. So Ooh. that I thought was kind of interesting. I'm surprised it didn't take off more, because there yeah. aren't a lot of them out there, but yeah, they did that for a while. They made tray liners to cover up the competition. That is know. so neat. Yeah. I
1: have one last question.
0: Please do
2: ask.
1: What is your favorite beer?
2: You know, I don't drink much beer. <laughs>
1: no? There we go! That's, that's... that's <laughs> I drink,
0: I drink
2: hey, stuff. don't get yeah. high on your <laughs> supply, okay. man.
1: See, that yeah. surprises me, but, you know.
0: Well, looking at this, okay, for everyone out there, I don't drink beer. Mm-hmm. I don't drink, actually, period. And this is extremely interesting to yeah. me. You know, it yeah. probably wouldn't even matter what's on there. It's just the fact that it came from a time frame. It's extremely ornate. It's really neat coloring. I mean,
2: it's it's awesome. It's,
1: I love the history behind it. Yeah, that's I'm just
2: so a fiduciary of cool. <laughs> 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 I'll pass away, and the trays will still be around, oh, and well. hopefully kept together. And, oh, that's That'd my goal. Great.
0: This is this is huge. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we we always talk about the blog and things like that. And if you're unaware, um, you can find the blog because uh, a podcast can't happen without a website. Right. So the the Johnsonville podcast website is. TheJohnsonvillePodcast.com. So all of these trays will have pictures of them um, up there, and also we'll use Instagram as well to post these. Um, but there, this is so cool uh, to have all these here and the amount of history in the room. And dare I ask,
2: how much is sitting on the table right now? On the table, between five and six thousand dollars.
0: Fantastic. And this is just a small
1: portion of, of your collection.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, yes. don't forget, he said he has hundreds in drawers
2: Please and on me walls.
3: I'm
2: sure. <laughs> they are. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> and the nice thing is, you know, somebody steals this kind of a thing, it's not something you can easily sell either, so that's not much of a concern. Oh, that's good. Sure, sure. Nice.
1: Wow. Well, I learned a lot. Yeah, that's I really cool. appreciate you bringing
2: all this in.
0: and
1: I think and my husband will actually listen to this episode. He does not work at Johnsonville, so that's
2: pretty cool. <laughs> that yeah, my pleasure being here. I appreciate you guys asking me to be on the show. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and by the way, um, we always have the guest sign us off. You have the pad of paper right in front of you there. There's a blank line where your name goes in. So <laughs> if you wouldn't mind reading that off and, and signing us off today.
2: Absolutely. This is Todd Nelson, and you've been listening to another episode of Off the Clock a podcast made the Johnsonville way.